This is Jennifer Pepito with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. Today on the show, I'm talking to Emily Pepito. We have been chatting about stewardship in the last few episodes of the Restoration Home podcast. And today we're going to be talking about stewarding our health as women and mothers. Thanks so much for joining me, Emily. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to be here and really excited for this conversation. The last time we talked together, we were talking about stewarding our emotional life. And this time we're going to talk a little bit about stewarding our health, but really they are so interconnected. 100%. And I have been really digging into hormones right now because there's a lot, probably most of you, especially if you're scrolling on Instagram, have seen something about the way your hormones affect your um, mental well-being and and the drastic way they affect it and your ability to deal with stress changes over your cycle, your your ability to deal with things that annoy you changes over your cycle. And um, we all talk about PMS symptoms. We're like, oh, I have PMS symptoms. And, and if you are PMSing, it actually means that your hormones are out of whack. And so you should have hormonal changes and you will become more negative and it'll be harder to deal with like whining kids and a, and a husband's underwear on the floor, whatever it is. But, but you shouldn't have PMSing symptoms. And if you are, it's like, that's a whole nother level of, of draining on yourself emotionally that is connected to your physical well-being. So are you saying that hormones like PMS is not normal? Like, okay, maybe it's normal, but it's just means that we're not at optimum health. Like I had a day a week ago where I was like, gee, I'm so sad today. I must be starting my period tomorrow. Is that not normal according to what you're researching? I think there's a, so there's a level of changes. So it's the, it's the luteal phase. I always get the phases mixed up, but it's the luteal phase and going into it, your progesterone is rising and you are more sensitive to what's happening around you. So you will be more emotional, but if you're distraught emotional, then that is that is a sign that you're, that you are PMSing, that your hormones are out of whack. And so if you're like, I'm a little more sad and things a little more irritating, um, and I'm aware of it and, and I will, and I can handle it, then you're in an optimum level of hormonal fluctuation. But if you're like, you know, your, your kid flushed something down the toilet and then your something happened with your partner, your husband, and then you are crying and sobbing on the floor, or you've like, run back to your bedroom or you've like screamed at a child and then two days later you get your period, then that's PMS. Interesting. And that could be healed if we were, you know, if our hormones were healthier, whether it means supplementation or just some other aspect of health. Yeah, 100%. Like the research that's coming out is incredible. And, and this is like, when I look at this, I'm like, wow, like God is so amazing. And also like, why did we have to be this complicated? But as women, we need progesterone in the second part of our cycle to calm us down and allow our bodies to have this like extra surge of like calmness basically as it detoxifies or as it gets ready to have to be pregnant. So there's this huge massive amount of like change and preparation that's happening in your body, which progesterone is accomplishing. 
But our hormones as women are tied to our emotions. So if you sit down with a group of friends and you have a glass of wine or you have a glass of tea or you go for a walk together, that physical act is actually going to produce the progesterone you need in your luteal phase for your body to function, handle the stress, handle what's happening um, up until the point where you get your period. So interesting. There's There are so many things we're learning all the time. And I can remember when I was in my 30s and... I had five young children and then, you know, a few years later had two more. A few of my friends were already dealing with adrenal fatigue. I didn't even know what it was at the time. I just knew that they said they had adrenal fatigue and they were tired a lot. But also some of these friends had had a lot of childhood trauma. And I don't know if there wasn't the research or what was going on that... At the time when I was a younger mom, we didn't necessarily know how to uh, process our childhood trauma in a healthy way. And in so doing, in some ways, release some of the stress that was happening in our bodies. Because the more we hold on to trauma, the more we feel drained physically, the, the more our cortisol levels get messed up. And obviously, there are a lot of other health things that we can do to protect our adrenals. But one of them is learning how to process our childhood pain so that we aren't carrying all these fears from childhood, all these unmet needs from childhood into adulthood, and then letting that drain us physically as we try to process life with the perspective of a broken child. Yeah, 100%. And a lot of times, too, if we had childhood trauma, it almost always is going to center around us not being cared for or feeling alone or feeling abandoned. And when we look at the way a woman's body works, we need, um, we actually need to feel taken care of to produce estrogen, which allows us to also handle stress and all these emotions. And so as a woman, if you felt abandoned as a child, felt like there was no one there for you, you actually will not know or feel safe with hardly anybody else in your life. And so you'll always either kind of trying to be fit fit a tight, like be the perfect mom for acceptance or always be someone other than like you. And then that, and then what that does is that lack of vulnerability actually shuts you off from generating estrogen in your own body and, and feeling cared for, which is so, which is another beautiful and incredible part of our health and our wholeness. And I think it's just amazing because like the Bible says, cast your cares upon the Lord for he cares about you. And, and, and so it's just like this ability to, to take our, our past trauma and our present trauma and be like, even if, and like for some people, like for me, like I have incredibly loving parents, I have good friends, but I'm single. So I don't have like a partner I can go to, a husband I can go to, to address some of my needs or feel cared for. But the beautiful thing is that as women, we have this relationship with a loving God who wants to be present and take our cares and our burdens and wants to start healing um, those parts of us that that still feel like there's no one ever there for you. And that's like, and that's what, that's estrogen producing and that's healing. Like that heals your emotions and your body. It's incredible. I love the idea that Jesus can heal some of those broken emotions. Um, psychologist and author of The Body Keeps the Score, Bessel van der Kolk says this, traumatized people chronically feel unsafe inside their bodies. The past is alive in the form of gnawing interior discomfort 
Their bodies are constantly bombarded by visceral warning signs, and in an attempt to control these processes, they often become expert at ignoring their gut feelings and numbing awareness of what is played out inside. They learn to hide from themselves. And it's just so fascinating to think that so many of my friends who've dealt with adrenal fatigue or who've dealt with some kind of cortisol issues or, uh, you know, low adrenals or high cortisol, a lot of this could go back to abandonment as a child or some kind of childhood trauma that just hasn't been healed yet. And yet we, there are ways that we can heal that. Like Emily said, you know, getting together with a friend or a counselor and processing some of that out loud. Um, you know, spending time with the Lord Jesus, just whether it's listening to soaking music or praying or reading the Psalms over yourself. And sometimes even in order to heal some of that so that we can start to get physically healthy, sometimes it does require, you know, asking Jesus, can you show me where, where is this coming from this, this craziness or this erratic behavior or this, this over-the-top fearful behavior. And I think as women, sometimes it's hard for us to even identify fear. It becomes so normal in our life, you know, to assume the worst or to, you know, just have all these fearful thoughts and these anxious thoughts. I think sometimes we almost normalize it. And so it's hard to even identify it as a problem. And, you know, that is where my book, Mothering by the Book, can be really helpful for you. And for now, that course is still available for free where Emily and I talk you through the different steps in that are outlined in the book. And that's on the page motheringbythebook.com. Emily will link that in the show notes. But I think, you know, starting to work through some of your fears, some of your trauma is a really good first step to better health. What are some of the other things that we as moms and women can be doing to kind of align our, our physical health, our mental health, our spiritual health? Well, I mean, I think you said it really well. The book is incredible. And it's, I think, one of the the biggest things to wrap, that I've had to wrap my head around, and is just hard generally, is the length of the process. And like, for me, what my mom was just saying about the quote from the book, when he's talking about how uncomfortable we become in our own bodies, because one of the ways that I have addressed and dealt with like past. And I think in the book, Mothering by the Book, mom talks about some of my struggles with eating disorders. And, and part of that is just like, I get these feelings of like being a failure or I'll feel like, oh man, like I just messed something up or I'll feel, I'll feel, and it's not, it doesn't always even feel like fear. Like sometimes it just feels like I'm not enough or I'm about to be rejected or something like that. And, and I like, it has been such a process to realize that I don't have an eating disorder, but that food has become the only socially acceptable way and the ingrained way in the way that I have chosen to numb and deal with those feelings. And it has been a really, really, really long process of learning to like sit in the emotion or sit in the pain and, and not, you know, and, and either take it to a counselor, take it to a friend or, you know, go for a run or go for a walk or just sit in it and be like, okay, like I'm going to just let these feelings come. And then as we start to feel things again, and as we stop running away from what we're feeling, and as we stop trying to like put a, a veneer over the parts of ourselves that we don't think are holy, um, and we start really like wrestling with 
the less than holy parts of ourselves that keep coming up, that we keep numbing with, with anything that will keep us busy or occupied or allow us to ignore it, um, we really get to see God start to highlight and make visible um, what is what is the root of it? And so like my mom was just saying like that, that tool of sitting with it and asking Jesus, like, where is this coming from? It becomes easier when we, when we're able to embrace a little bit of the pain that we're feeling. I know it's hard. Like I've watched my own mom be just such an incredible mom and so present and, and really struggle to get even, you know, time, like she talked about, I think in previous podcasts, even time to like, get away for a walk sometimes or make her own food. But I think I remember being like 13 and there was some stuff going on. And I remember talking to my parents. And I was like, just go on a date. Like, like we want you guys to go on a date because we're happiest when you guys are happy. So do whatever it takes and we'll be okay. And so I think to moms as a, as a person who remembers being 13, I would say that our where you don't think that you can get away and maybe your husband's like staring at you like glassy eyed and like, you can't leave me with the kids for an hour. Like go be alone for an hour. Don't, don't like, or go and go for a walk with a good friend or go get coffee with a good friend, but don't like, I'm not saying don't ever, or, you know, don't do this, but like, don't go shopping. Don't go to a movie. Don't scroll on your phone. Don't do something that numbs you, but go do something that causes you to be still and be nurtured. And whether that is whether you can go on, on a walk and talk with God or whether you're getting to the point of being able to have a two-way conversation with him and you need to be nurtured continually by friends, like whatever state you're in of, of that nurture, it's it's beautiful and it's good and it's part of the process. And, and just taking that time to actually take an hour. Yeah, that's so good. Just that little bit of self-care can go a long way in terms of guarding our own health as women. And, you know, one other thing that I've been working with right now, a uh, personal trainer, my friend of Jenia, and she's having me actually feed myself, which, you know, I think as moms, it's easy to neglect even the most basic of self-care, like feeding yourself. And we might've talked about this in other episodes as well, just how easy it is to you know, get busy throughout the day and just eat your kids leftover macaroni and cheese or, or eat the leftover oatmeal or whatever it is and not really do the most basic of self nurture, the most basic of self care, taking your vitamins, going to sleep, you know, if you have to stay up late at night to get ready for a homeschool co op or whatever it is, it's not worth it, drop it, you won't miss it. What you will miss is sleep, what you will miss is the time to be present with your children, because you have the energy to stay awake in the daytime. What you will miss is that sweet relationship that comes when we're not crazy because we've burned ourselves out being too too busy and getting ourselves too tired. Some of the other health things, you know, like I said, eat, feeding yourself, taking supplements, taking walks in nature, all of these things are really healing to your adrenals, to um, your whole body. And obviously, if you're having some health issues, see your own practitioners, whether it's a naturopath, someone who can do muscle testing, a doctor, whatever it is, but don't just keep pushing through and not taking care of yourself. Yeah, 100%. And I, we have talked about the importance of nourishing yourself with actual eating. And I think my little sister is reading um, why French women stay thin or yeah, 
And it's one of the big things that they talk about is taking the time to enjoy your food. And I think for me, one of the, res- I always had this resistance to this self-care. Cause I was like, I was like, it's not in the Bible. Like, where is this in the Bible? <laughs> um, and so I always was like, it all, like I would go to work out. And then I was like, I, if other people were doing other things, it always felt so selfish to work out or it felt so selfish to go on a walk or it felt so selfish to like make myself a salad. If other people were eating macaroni and cheese or whatever it was. Um, and Hal Elrod of the miracle morning and his book talks about, um, affirmations, which can be like weird. And it's like, if you tell yourself, like he talks about how you tell yourself things, how your brain's really smart. And it will know that you're lying to yourself. If you're like, I'm six foot tall, <laughs> like you can't make certain things happen. But the way he phrases it, I think is really beautiful. And he says, I'm, he says, I'm committed to this, or I'm committed. It's like, I'm committed to eating healthy. And then he has you list out the reasons why. And so I'm committed to eating healthy so that I can be there for my children mentally and physically and emotionally on good days and bad days. I'm committed to eating healthy um, so that I can be there for my grandchildren. So I can be there for my great grandchildren. I'm committed to eating healthy so that I can, you know, feel like my best self so that me and my husband continue to have a really thriving relationship. I'm committed to eating healthy because I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Like, like if you start I just and I just love that model because it allows it allowed me to start looking at some of these things that I'd always viewed as selfish and be like, oh, it's actually if I really dive into it, I can actually find five really beautiful reasons for learning how to prioritize this. And it's not about like your kids are like crying and they haven't eaten all day and you're like, I have to make my salad. <laughs> like obviously that's not what we're talking about, but you know, in in like that in proportion, knowing and learning how to really cherish yourself. I really appreciate that, Emily, because I think as homeschool moms, especially, we often have these big lists of what is acceptable. And so we think, okay, I have to uh, take good care of my kids and I have to educate them well. And we add a lot of things to that educate them well list that are actually probably non-essentials. I loved talking to Stephen Lawson about this, how you know, we often keep ourselves so busy so that we can't process. But the problem is the more we stay busy like that to the level that we can't really um, interact with our family in a healthy way, the more damage is done to our physical bodies and to our relationships. Whereas if we limit it to, okay, just music lessons this season or just sports this season and one sport per, you know, maybe twice a year you do a different sport instead of year-round sports or whatever it is. You know, some of you, you function really well with that level of busyness, but some of you are finding yourself a little bit more short-tempered or having a harder time uh, staying in a healthy relationship with your spouse or, you know, maybe being a little bit impatient with your children, whatever it is. And that, that might be a red flag to you that says, hey, slow it down a little bit. And, and maybe that's just for a season. Maybe you just take a season where you clear the schedule a little bit. So you have time to eat a salad for lunch instead of your grazing on your kids leftovers. Or, you know, maybe you you take those first years with your children where you're nursing a baby, and just keep the schedule a little bit more open, so that you can process and eat healthy and take your vitamins and get enough sleep at night, all of these really basic self care items, that then when you're raising your teenagers or young adults, you're not going to be laid out flat in bed, because you burned yourself out so hard in the early years. I think we can pace ourselves as women in our lives and really enjoy each season a lot more if we are doing our best to 
um, just process the pain, uh, process our any childhood wounds and trauma so we don't have that kind of messing up our current health, but then also just moving a little bit slower with a little bit more margins that we can stay healthy, which promotes better relationships and decreases the future trauma for our own children. Yeah, 100%. That was really well said. And I, I love all of that. And I think one other aspect of stewardship as women, as mothers, as wives, is that when we've entered into this, and so we've talked today about like stewarding yourself so that you can be present for the people in your life. But at the same time, the same responsibility I have to steward myself and say, no, I'm, I'm going to go for an hour long walk. Or I'm going to exercise. There is that other coin where I have a daughter relationship to steward. I have a sister relationship to steward. I have a, I have a, um, you know, I'll hopefully someday have a mother and a wife relationship to steward and a friend relationship. And, and part of that also means we, we do the right thing. And a lot of times when we talk about self-care, people are like, oh, I need to get my nails done. I need to like, you know, tell myself nice things. I need to do these things for myself. But a lot of times the confidence and the stewardship and the, does come from doing the right thing. And so in all of this, there's, there's also like the, the confidence when you like, I'm the kind of person who is able to show up for the people around me. And I'm able to do that because in the background, I've stewarded myself. I've given myself a good meal. I've taken my walk. I've, um, you know, I've gotten to bed on time. And because of that, I now get to fully show up and steward all these other relationships. And that's a really, that's an incredible part of being an adult is we, we get to have responsibility. We get to have things to take care of. Like that's not a burden. That's not something that we, that is like, that we are just surviving through, but that's, that's like what we've, what we bring, what we've grown up into is why we're growing up, why we want to grow up so we can have a family and then children and all these things that we get to be responsible for. We get to steward, we get to raise, we get to train, we get to teach, we get to, you know, if it's, if your family's thing is dance, we get to dance with them. We get to take them to the mountains. And I think looking at it as this whole picture and all these different, like beautiful facets of stewardship. Yeah, I appreciate that so much because this isn't about, you know, stewarding our own health, our own emotional health isn't about some kind of a selfish, like it's all about me and I'm just going to take care of myself. It's because we are, we're daughters of the King. We're called to a noble role of loving the people around us. And part of that calling involves taking care of ourselves so that we can take care of the people that God has put in our realm to take care of. So thanks so much for listening. Feel free to leave a review and share the podcast. We're so thankful for your support as we talk through these conversations about connected families and restored communities.